All right, kids, don't come forward. Stay where you are, if you would, just for a second. If the Rolfs would come forward, we have a, we'd like to share uh, with you their story real quick. Not the whole story. I just want to introduce them to you, and for good reason. Uh, this is Brett and Amanda Rolfs, and what Amanda is holding is an answer to prayer, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Many, many of you might already know the story, but, but uh, uh, Brett and Amanda have been praying for this how many years, would you say? Almost 10. 10 years. Ten, 10 years. Thank you for your patience. And God is good, right? Oh, so uh, this is, uh, why don't you, well, let me see, I don't have the, the microphone. Here, I'll do this. What's her name? Hazel Marie. Hazel Marie Rolfs. So uh, you guys, I, I asked them to, to introduce, and, and I know we've had other babies come, so I feel bad that we didn't have everybody come forward, but this has especially been part of our prayers as we've gotten to know Brett and Amanda. I know Brett for a long time. So anyway, but anyway, as they've joined us, uh, this, when, when Hazel comes and, and all the details are done, because when this actually happened, I was a little anxious and had to say, hey, is this all right? And he said, well, hold off for a little while. That was painful, okay? Today we get to announce this. Hazel's here, and we're going to praise God for her. We're going to pray up Brett and Amanda and, and what God is, has done. It's just evidence of his abundant mercy and love. So let's pray for him. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. So many years, Lord, this is something that they have been laying before you, and you are faithful and good. And even though it was years, we praise you today that Amanda's holding Hazel. And Lord, we pray for them as parents. Lord, Brett, to, to be the father that, Lord, you could, uh, that, that you're going to work in him and strengthen him, the love that's there, and, and to, to be uh, just invested in Hazel. And Amanda, the same. Lord, to be that mom for her. And, and to guide her and to strengthen her in this life, Lord, we pray, Lord, even in the future, that she has that opportunity to choose for herself Jesus into her life. God, I praise you for answered prayer. I praise you for the Rolfs, and I pray, Lord, you just guide and lead them in this life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Yay. Now, after Brett and Amanda get back there, kids, why don't you come on forward? The three, four, and five-year-olds can make your way to the back. We're going to have our, you're going to go down for your classes. Three, four, and five-year-olds to the back, kindergarten through uh, fifth grade up here. While they're making their way up here, a couple of announcements, if I could have your attention. Um, uh, number one, today is the Thanksgiving meal. And so there's lots of meat already provided and lots of people brought dishes. I saw it being brought in and the kitchen's full of food. And therefore, if, if you knew about it and you're already planning on it, I don't need to announce this, but if, if you came and unprepared, maybe you're a first-time visitor, we invite you to come and join us. There is, there's, it is an actually, it is an added part to our worship today. We're going to sit down and, and just praise God as we have the opportunity to, to share a meal. So you are invited. We'd love you to come and join us. The second announcement that I want to make is, is tonight is our new attenders night. We do a new attenders night for folks who've been uh, just maybe recently coming, even today's visitors, you're welcome to join us. It's at five o'clock. It's over at our home, which is right next door. Let us know we're coming or that you're coming and we'll make sure we have plenty of dessert 
And it just gives us an opportunity to get better acquainted, and so we'd love to have you come join us. Please let us know if you're coming. Uh, also, let's see, I think that's it. Yay for announcements being done. Uh, there are some more to come. Uh, it, is, it is good to be together. It's been, it's been good walking through this book of Acts. If, if you're new to us today, that's what we've been doing, focusing our attention and, and walking through. Today, we're, we're wrapping up the rest of chapter 15 and going into 16. Last week, we dealt with a majority of what was in chapter 15. And it was over an issue that was brought up in that, that city of Antioch where there's a, a, a dynamic church. We'll just call it a dynamic church of both Gentiles and Jews who are joining together in Christ. So it's wonderful. What happened were, were Judaizers came up. Well, not Judaizers, but they were believers who came and, ha- and wanted to add to the message. Okay, it's great that they know Jesus, but let's, bab- I mean, let's, let's uh, 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 circumcise them. And, and they ought to they follow the laws of Moses. And so that was ready and prepared to drive a wedge in this brand new congregation. It was going to drive a wedge between them and it was going to cause conflict. Right away, that issue was debated, hotly debated, and then taken to Jerusalem to that place where everything began. And, and they dealt with that and sent back this message. The Gentiles, we're not going to lay a burden on, on the Gentiles at all. They, they don't need uh, circumcision, and they don't, they don't have to follow the law of Moses for their salvation. They're dependent upon Jesus for that salvation. That's a great message. That's a great message. Matter of fact, in, in verse 29, uh, it, it said, no, we're not going to lay that burden on them, but here, here's some recommendations or requirements that we want you to follow. Uh, we want you to abstain uh, from what has been sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. Okay, some of that we understand. Don't continue in sinfulness. Listen, you know, don't, don't continue in the sexual immorality. And what Paul says in Romans 6 is, hey, don't continue in your sinfulness. You've been saved and forgiven from your sins. Don't continue in your sinfulness. And then the... the, the um, uh, meat sacrifice to idols or don't, don't uh, abstain from uh, that meat sacrifice to idols, that, I, I believe that had everything to do with my relationship with those Jews in the congregation. You know, don't, don't uh, offend the, the other believers within the congregation. So it really, that one's more about unity and loving those that you're in fellowship with. And so keep that in mind because I think that, that kind of is introduced here again Uh, in in the place we are looking at right now. Uh, Paul and Barnabas are back there in in Antioch. And and Paul brings up that topic, said, hey, let's go on that second missionary journey. Or he didn't say it that way. He, He said, let's get on the road again. And for two reasons, they wanted to go back with all the new churches that they started there in Galatia and in Cyprus. Let's go back and, and, uh, strengthen them, encourage them. And then also with that intent of taking the gospel farther. That's what we're going to see today, the very beginning to that. We're going to read chapter 15, verse 36, and go through chapter 16, verse 10. Uh, Let me do that. All right, the passage is going to be up there. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. 
Now Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with him one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. For there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Chapter 16. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him uh, because of the Jews who were, who, who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word of Asia. And when they, when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing to, by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, this morning, let's, let's pray. Read the scriptures. Ah, what does God have for our hearts today? I think we, we definitely ought to go before the Lord in prayer. Let's do that. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for your word always. God, we, we call upon your Holy Spirit to be active as we listen intently to your word. Father, what message do you have for us? What, what do you want to lay upon our heart? Lord, we come from all different uh, situations and, and maybe we're following or, or facing different uh, uh, difficulties in life. And, and Father, your word speaks to each one. So, Father, as we're here, lead us, guide us in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Paul begins his second missionary journey. Uh, do, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, I get to use the pointer again. Any, anyway, so, so what we've seen in this, uh, just, just going to walk you through this so you know kind of the idea. We saw the first missionary journey went down here and it, just kind of in this area here. But, but there's a, a dispute that happens. Paul and Barnabas separate. Barnabas and, and uh, John Mark, they go to Cyprus where they did not uh, missionary work before. But Luke doesn't follow Barnabas and, and, and John Mark. Instead, Luke, who's writing this, this uh, book of Acts, he, he moves into this area. The scripture says that Paul and Barnabas, uh, no, excuse me, Paul and Silas now, they, they begin going into this area, Cilicia and Syria, encouraging the churches that are throughout this area here. They move on into Derby and Lystra. There in Lystra, 
they meet a, a young man named Timothy, and we're going to see him added to the missionary team. Then uh, it says it goes to Phrygia and, and the rest of Galatia, probably hit uh, Antioch there. It doesn't mention Antioch, but we're thinking, you know, that was another church where they, they uh, had their beginnings. And then told to, to avoid Asia, they went up north to Mysia. They avoided also Bithynia, or keep that in mind, because the Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. And then uh, in Mysia, there, uh, they moved on to Troas. There he had a, a vision uh, of a man saying, hey, come help us in Macedonia. Come preach to us in Macedonia. So that's where the chapter ends. That's a lot of territory. And it's actually a lot of scripture. But here's, here's what I see taking place at the very beginnings of this second missionary journey. The beginnings and, and even going into this missionary journey. There, there are some observations that I think will bring encouragement, maybe challenge us for some things that, that we might be facing as, as we continue to follow after Christ. The first observation is this. Conflicts will come even among believers. Conflicts will come even among believers. Here, here's what we've seen so far in the book of Acts. Trouble coming, it's all been from the outside, right? Uh, there's been persecution, there's been stonings, imprisonments, all that's been coming from the outside. Actually, last week we saw one coming from the inside. It, it's believers in Jesus who are coming up and saying, hey, this doctrine of you need to be circumcised. Well, that one was resolved. That had to go before the whole council in Jerusalem. And they finally, you know, kind of stamped it and said, that's the truth. That's what we're preaching is it's Christ, Christ crucified. That's our means of salvation, not circumcision, not the laws of Moses. This conflict is, is inward. And look who's in conflict, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. You know, these guys had the Holy Spirit, Right. They were doing amazing things, being led in, in such a way, knew Jesus, and they're having conflict. They're having troubles. Matter of fact, it, it's not a small one. This, the way Luke puts it, he says it is a sharp disagreement between them, which, which means you know it, it was pretty intense, maybe even bitter. And, and some kind of speculate, well, there's, there might be more to this. Uh, maybe there was troubles already. And so if you go to Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, there's a story that, that Luke does not tell. And it's thought to happen between the first missionary journey and the second, where Peter is there visiting, and he's, he's enjoying this, this Jewish and Gentile congregation. Matter of fact, he's sitting at the table with the Gentiles. It's where he would have never done that before. But now this freedom in Christ, he's sitting down and, and eating with Gentiles. Well, a group from Jerusalem came. It, it, was, it was Jews from that, uh, from that church in Jerusalem. James sent up, and as soon as they showed up, all of a sudden, he wasn't so comfortable at a table with Gentiles anymore. You, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he's feeling, oh, and he got up from the table, and he, he walked away because there's Jews from Jerusalem there. He was hypocritical. He's hypocritical. Paul, in that Galatians 2, uh, rebuked Peter for what he did. But it wasn't just Peter. Here's what's interesting. It was Peter 
and some other brothers, others, leaders, along with Peter, when Peter got up as an example, he walked away from the table. So did those other men, including Barnabas. Barnabas needed to be called out for hypocrisy just because the Jews from Jerusalem showed up. What Once they were comfortable, and all of a sudden it weren't. They weren't. So there was probably some tension already between Paul and Barnabas. The issue here is what? Uh, Paul says, let's, let's get back on the road again. And so uh, Barnabas says, great, let's take John, who's also called Mark. I'll call him John Mark. Uh, let's take John Mark with us. And, and, and Paul's response is, why would we want to take someone who, who left us the last journey? Remember that? It was just a brief statement that you know, Mark left when they reached Perga. They went, he went through Cyprus with them, but when they reached Perga, uh, John Mark left. He went back. And, and uh, Paul and Barnabas went on up to Antioch. Well, obviously that was a sour taste in Paul's mouth and didn't care for that at all. Why would we take John, uh, John Mark with us again? Why? What, what was so uh, fixed in Paul's mind? Commitment. He, he, he wanted someone, if someone's going to go with us, it's going to be commitment. On the other hand, Barnabas was saying, well, we ought to take him. We ought to take him with us. And in Colossians, we know that, that John Mark is a cousin to Barnabas. So it, was it just a family thing? I think it was more this. Remember how uh, Barnabas is described? He's the encourager. He's the encourager. He's the encourager. I, and I believe he's all in on this, on this grace and mercy and forgiveness. And he sees potential in his cousin that, that he has something special in order to, to, you know, to deliver to people on, on mission trip. And so he was pretty set on, you know, I, I don't want to disregard him. He's, he loves Christ. He wants to be a part. And so mercy and grace. Who's right? Paul or Barnabas? You know, we absolutely could be divided on this, and it'd be an argument, and you're both right. You'd both be right. On one side, we know the military. You military guys, you know what mission is, and commitment is a big and important term, right? And, and, and many of us here this morning know how important commitment is. We're going to do what it takes to get the gospel out, and that was Paul. Barnabas, on the other hand, was living that, that grace and mercy as well, but he saw the significance of every individual. And, and, and felt like, you know, hey, second chance is exactly what we do. The, the bottom line of the issue is this. Which is more important, the mission or, or this individual? Barnabas is saying the individual. Is, again, you know, which one's right? The conflict goes unresolved. It, nothing happened. You, you know what it's like, you know, even amongst us, there are conflicts, Right? The leadership, uh, I know we've been in meetings that we weren't seeing eye to eye in the direction for the congregation. And, and uh, uh, we, we try to come to a consensus, but not everybody's always in agreement. There's, there's difficulties that, that arise. This was a dispute. And, and we know the things of stubbornness. Anybody know what stubbornness is? When you know the right direction and you're holding on to it, well, do you think Paul and Barnabas you know, was revealing some stubbornness here? Absolutely. Some stubbornness and, and maybe ignorance and, and error, uh, whatever. It ended up in a split. And, and matter of fact, 
that all looks bad, but really, God always makes something good out of, out of something difficult, or even ugly. Uh, something positive came in the fact that they split. You know what it was? They covered more area, right? Because Barnabas and, and John Mark went to Cyprus. They ministered there. We, we don't know exactly how that went or where else. Well, we do know where else they went, but at least we know they went in a different direction, covered those bases, while uh, Paul and Silas went another direction, and they covered. Matter of fact, they even added to their team as they went. We'll talk a little bit about that, but I want... What, what is it, you know, that when, when difficulties between us happens, what do we do? Man, we, and, and matter of fact, it's just a debatable, sometimes it's just a debatable kind of question. Who's, 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 uh, which direction are we going to go in? One thing we need to know when, when things get tough between us, we need to remember that God's in charge. And, and also this, I always love this statement, but God is bigger than our problems. Isn't that true? God is bigger than our conflicts that we have with brothers and sisters in Christ. And if, if we know that and believe that is true, that, that really in the midst of it changes the words that I use towards you. That, that changes how I react. Sometimes my reactions are poor, but it brings me to forgiveness when I realize, hey, God's in charge and, he, and I want him to guide and lead me, Right? And so, so what happened here is actually very good in the fact that, man, they got to spread. But even later, it's interesting to look uh, in, in Paul's letters, what he says in, in letters like 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. He speaks about bar, being in ministry with Barnabas again. There wasn't this animosity and this bitterness. Maybe, maybe they resolved it later on, uh, you know, seeking forgiveness from each other, whatever, that whether there was words exchanged, it was, again, bitter and, and just a, a, a bad breakup. But, but however, they came back together and they ministered together. Uh, if you want to see that, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 9, 6. Evidence of them working together again. In 2 Timothy 4.10, you know, Mark, or, or Paul was saying, I don't trust Mark. In, in 2 Timothy 4.10, I think it's, it's interesting that he's telling Timothy, the new member of, of Paul and Silas' team joining them, he's telling, he's telling Timothy, he says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in ministry. <laughs> oh man, the change of heart and you know, the world and, and bitterness and ugliness, man, there's, there's a lot of times no resolve, no restoration. In Christ, even when you and I are in the midst of difficulties, we, we could have the hope that God is going to resolve and God is going to restore. That's the hope that we live in. And I love how we could even look at this simple message and, and learn from that. The second observation I think is important for us this morning is that all-important message of sacrifice. Sacrifice. Sacrifice will be needed to win the world. Oh, yeah, we're talking Jesus, right? Isn't that what Jesus did? Uh, what Jesus did, his sacrifice upon the cross, that statement fits Jesus to a T. But when we think about the people who are following after Jesus, sacrifice from us? Uh, look, look at this passage. Uh, they met a young man as they went on to the areas of Derby and Lystra, 
Iconium's also mentioned. But when they went into that area, they met a young man named Timothy. It says in the passage that that he is a recent convert. Uh, More than likely had to be from that first missionary journey. Paul preaching. His mother was converted. Timothy was a a convert to to Christianity. And uh, not only that, but, but around Iconium and Lystra, they were talking well of Timothy. They were saying good things about him, about, about his faithfulness. And, and more than likely, they were seeing fruit being produced. You know, that fruit of the Spirit. Here's a young man that's being changed, and, and man, he's energetic, and who knows what else is being said. But he had a very good reputation amongst those cities, and Paul noticed that. Matter of fact, the next uh, verse, it says that, that he took him, you know, was adding him to the team, and he had him crucified, not crucified, circumcised. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go back, re- delete that. Anyway, uh, he, he, was, uh, he had him circumcised, which really contradicts 15, some would think, right? I know circumcision doesn't have anything with, to do with salvation, and it didn't. So why was Timothy having to be circumcised? The passage says that his mother was a Jew. And, and therefore, the expectation is Timothy, ought to, being a Jew, should have been circumcised as well. So ta- why, did, why did Paul think it was necessary to circumcise him? It was, and, and it simply is this, that he was circumcised in order that he would not be a hindrance as he traveled with him to other locations to, to preach the gospel. It was, he was not to be a hindrance to the gospel. He was coming along to be a help. Remember that word commitment. So part of uh, Timothy's commitment to join them and their team was to be circumcised. And that is painful. That is painful. Uh, it, I mean, we think, well, today, oh, yeah, procedures, anesthetics, and things. Oh, you know there's no anesthetics and there had to be a period of time of healing and things like that. This is just the beginning. Now, Paul, Paul is a perfect example of what he's calling people to. I mean, he's calling them to Jesus and follow it. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to do difficult things to follow after Jesus because this world is absolutely in conflict. So Timothy had to feel that, that pressure. You know? And from the very beginning, you know, if Timothy refused, well, then Timothy wasn't... Uh, Worthy of going on the, the trip, you know, on, 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 you know, plus he would have been a hindrance to the Jews that they were preaching to. Um, it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 9. I did some looking at, especially at 1 Corinthians 9, but listen to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 22 to the Corinthians. This is from Paul's own life. He says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Attitude of Paul. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. That's exactly why he had him circumcised. I became a Jew as to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those Outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside of the law, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. Probably the clearest here is the last phrase or last sentence. 
to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And that, man, that's dedication on Paul's part, right? That is absolute dedication. That is commitment. I kind of understand Paul saying, Mark, I don't want you to go. Man, I can't have you going halfway. I want you to go the whole way, the entire way. I can't have you leaving us uh, through, through our mission. So I understand that part. And, and so we look at this and we think, you know, Timothy also had to embrace and live that as well. And you and I, let's, let's think about that. Let's think about our great responsibility because that's what we're called to. To the people around us, so many people who need to hear about Jesus. Bottom line, there are so many people around us. And I, I honestly believe two young men who've come here recently, it, it is evident to me that, that people are wanting to pay attention or people have questions and they're, they're ripe for harvest. I don't know the movement of the Spirit going on or what. We need to be the church right now to, to be letting people know about Jesus. It's our great responsibility. We have that opportunity to engage them with that kind of conversation. So, we, so in part, I'm asking, or I think the scripture calls us to step out of our comfort zones, right? The, the places where we're comfortable, you know, I, you know, talking about Jesus to someone else, that's uncomfortable. You know, one of the reasons, you know, we're, we're doing some things on behalf of Eisenhower, the school over here, is, is we want to come alongside them, encourage the teachers, uh, and, and maybe even have a, have a part in ministering to, to some families, whatever doors may open. Uh, we, we, you know, several of us were over there on the fall, fall festival or whatever, fall harvest party, um, and, and we had that evening, didn't know many people there, but we were there serving, and we're getting acquainted with teachers and that. So if you're wondering why were they doing that, it, it, it was all part of getting outside the walls and ministering in different areas. I, I, I want to do some thinking and some dreaming beyond our walls. You know, places where it becomes uncomfortable. That brings me to this, this last observation, which I think, and it's actually a reminder because we've already seen this uh, taking place in the book of Acts. Uh, the, the point is this, submission to GPS, God's positioning system, okay? It, it is that idea that God leads and directs. But it just doesn't happen, Right? In, in Antioch, here's what happened. It was about prayer, fasting, and listening, being attentive to where the Spirit is leading. If we're not praying, if we're not giving God our attention, how do we know uh, how to reach our community around us? That's sobering to me because I, I, I think, man, we could fill a lot of time, a lot more time in praying for the community around us. And taking it from prayer to, okay, guys, what do we need to do? What is it this community around us need? You know, how is it that we could, uh, we could then be heard amongst our community? What is it the church, what is it we could do as a whole to take the gospel message into the community? Into Milford, White City, Chapman, you know, even, even Manhattan. I mean, there's churches all around, but there's so many people who have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I think more so today than when I was growing up. So many folks who don't even know the story of Jesus. We need to be involved in those things of prayer, fasting, and attentive in listening to where God is leading and guiding us. All right. All right. That's the end of our, what we've read. And there's, there's questions. Or if anybody has questions or comments on that, please email me or I would love to have discussion with you. But those are the observations I had. Share, me, share with me your observations. But right now, I think the things that, that I've seen in there are encouraging and strengthening. Uh, number one, uh, conflict will happen between us and, and even amongst our leaders and others. Why? Be, because we're not God, you know? We're not God. We're flesh, and, and there's, there's a possibility of stubbornness and, and difficulties that, that we have, and, and yet God is still working through us. The great encouragement there is remember that God is leading. Remember that God is leading, and be humble in listening to what he has to say. Also, sacrifice. Sacrifice is necessary to reach the lost. We need to learn to step out of our comfort zone, into our neighborhoods, into our community, and let people know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's our means of salvation. And we need to submit to God's direction. Simply that. It requires prayer and our attentive listening. You guys are good at listening. I just saw that. I said that, and you responded very well. Anyway, God is good, and he is speaking to us. He is speaking to us. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you, and we thank you for your word always. Uh, Lord, even as this story of their moving, the, Lord, there are details in here that we, we could glean from, we could pick up, and and see and be encouraged by, Lord, even challenged by. Father, we, we want to be a church on the move. Lord, not stationary and not comfortable. Lord, I, I believe you call us into places uh, where, where we don't know people. We, you call us into places where people are sinful and, and Lord, are, are angry. And so... Father, we pray for the boldness we need as a congregation, uh, that, that sense of even sacrifice to take that gospel out to a world that needs to hear about Jesus. Challenge us, Father, every day. Help us, Lord, to pursue you and to love you as you deserve, and that's a lot. God, we praise you in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.